we want to welcome you to the PFWB podcast, where we believe in being a life-giving organization. Today, I have our general superintendent, Randy Carter, with us. And today, we just want to talk a little bit about uh, relationships. We want to talk about the vision for 2018. We've been talking about it quite a bit. So before we get into it today, Randy, will you just take a few moments and talk to us about our, our theme and the vision that God has given you? Sure. Thanks, Chris. It's good to be with you today. And uh, our theme for 2018, uh, as we've been saying in different settings here now in the early part of this year, is the power of we, the fact that we is better than me, we is stronger than me, we can accomplish more than me, the power of we. And we've identified four key components that are going to guide our organization through the year 2018. And they are that we worship God, uh, we share Christ, that's, the, that's evangelism, that's sharing the gospel. And then number three is we make disciples. And number four, we serve others. And so what we've done is we're dividing the year into quarters and we're just focusing on one of those four components each quarter of the year. And here in the middle of the first quarter here in February, we're focusing on the component of we worship God. When we get to the second quarter, we'll begin to really drill down and focus on we uh, share Christ, evangelism, the gospel. And then third quarter, we make disciples. Fourth quarter, we serve others. But again, for now, the focus, the, the, the planning, uh, events we're planning, resources we're providing, everything's centered around this idea of worshiping God. So our theme for the first quarter of 2018 is we worship God. Uh, that, that's why we began the year talking about 21 days of fasting. That's why we've created resources to help our people get on the same page of reading through the Bible in 2018 together. These are components uh, of worship. And today, as you're about to share with us, we're moving into sort of another component of worship or, or our relationship with God. So that's what we want to talk about here. You know, worship is, is something that we know that has been keen on, on your heart and something that goes all the way back to uh, before we were created. You know, and, and worship is something that is, is more than just music. It's a lifestyle. And, and here we are. This is February's podcast. You know, we finished up fasting and prayer and, and uh, in the context of 21 days. And, and now we move into this month of, of what we would call love month. Doesn't matter if you're <laughs> a single or if you've been married or newly married or, or right. blended family. Uh, love is in the air <laughs> in February. And, and one of the interesting things that, uh, that when we think about worship, and we may not think of it in this context, but I believe it is a reality that how we approach relationships, whether it's singles, as blended, as, as happily married couples or, or about to get married, but how we approach those relationships is a reflection of our relationship with God. And so as we kind of spend the next few moments, uh, Randy, just kind of mm -hmm. uh, blessed to have you here. You know, there's a lot of experience mm. that you bring to the table. Uh, you and First Lady Gwen have been married 35 plus years. Yeah, yeah, right. In fact, May 9th of this year will actually be 37 years. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so there's a lot of, uh, of good wisdom that you guys could, could possibly offer uh, any of us when it comes to relationships. So, you know, maybe just can you take just a few moments and maybe share some things that, that have been key uh, for you guys in your in your marriage and in your relationship. Well, I, I don't know about all that. It, I might should have brought Gwen into the studio <laughs> to talk about this one, but if, since she's not here, I'll wing it. But seriously, on May 9th, Gwen and I will celebrate uh, 37 years of marriage, and and I can honestly say that although we've hit some bumps in the road, 
we've had a thriving and a happy and a fulfilling marriage. I, I identify with the words in Ecclesiastes 9.9 where, where it said, enjoy life with your wife whom you love. And over the years, one of the saddest things I've seen as a pastor and a leader in the church is that there are lots of couples out there, I mean Christian couples in our churches, who aren't doing that. Instead of enjoying, they're enduring. Mm. Uh, but the scripture says there's a way to enjoy life with your wife whom you love. And, and I can honestly say that Gwen and I do. We enjoy life together. I can say without hesitation that I love her more each and every day. But here's the thing, Chris. Our marriage could have turned out very differently because our marriage started out with what I would call a formula for disaster. Uh, for one thing, we were young when we got married. Uh, Gwen had just graduated from Heritage Bible College. I mean, we got married the very next weekend. I still had a year to go at Heritage, and so we were both very young, but not only that, we, we were very immature. Uh, we didn't get a lot of counseling for marriage, uh, and we didn't know exactly what we were walking into, and, and we were probably both a little anxious, to be honest with you. I remember the night before we got married, we were getting married at her home church, Delco, North Carolina, so I was staying in a hotel uh, in Wilmington, and the night before we were getting married, about bedtime, my mom knocks on my door. <laughs> this is my mom coming into my hotel room the night before our wedding day, and uh, I remember she came in there, and she basically had two questions for me, and, and the first question <laughs> was a little awkward. She wanted to know if we had thought about family planning. <laughs> this is my mother, <laughs> and I said, yeah, we've thought about family planning. We're planning not to have one. <laughs> Well, obviously, that plan failed. We've now raised three wonderful children. But uh, the second question she asked me was, did you pack your pajamas? <laughs> and I said, Mom, I don't wear pajamas. <laughs> so that was, a, Chris, that was about the extent of, uh, of our marriage counseling. But uh, we were young. We were immature. And we were probably both introspective. We were thinking more about ourselves than we were the other. And so I could go on and on talking about all the things that, that were probably wrong in the beginning. Like I say, it was a recipe for disaster. But uh, somewhere along the way, we, we began to recognize, hey, if we don't make some changes, this thing could derail pretty early on. And so we just sort of developed three I'd call them keys for a healthy relationship. Uh, the further we got into this thing and the more I began to uh, pastor and counsel others, it became clear to me that there were three key areas that, that couples had better get on the same page with and get serious about. So I just call them three keys for a healthy relationship. And like you said a moment ago, Chris, it, this is true if you're single. Singles are involved in relationships of all kinds. It's true for those who are married and been married to the same partner their whole married life. It's true for blended families, of which there are many and many different kinds in, in our day and age. It's just true about relationships, that there are, are three healthy keys to, to a healthy relationship. And the first one, and ironically, it's the preacher in me. They all start with the letter C. But the first one is communication. And, and here's what I want to say about that, Chris, is in a healthy marriage, God moves us from being fault finders to being encouragers. Uh, Gwen and I found early in our relationship that there was all kinds of areas where we were different and it was easy to find fault with each other. We started out living in a very small mobile home that only had one bathroom and in that one bathroom there was only one plug. 
And when I lived at my parents' house, I always plugged my electric razor in in the bathroom. Well, Gwen lived in her parents' house. She always plugged her curling iron or hair dryer, whatever those apparatuses are. She always plugged that in in the bathroom. Uh, well, you can imagine the, my surprise a couple of mornings into our marriage when I came into the bathroom thinking my razor was going to be fully charged, only to see that she had unplugged it from the only plug we had. She had unplugged it and put her curling iron there. Iron there. <clears throat> I knew then we were going to have problems. Uh, but that's just a small example of a bigger issue, and that is we had to learn how to communicate and, and how, to, how to encourage one another instead of always finding fault with one another. And so this area of communication, and you know, I, I'm not just talking about small talk. You know, Early on in, in relationships, there are certain things that have to be talked about, like did you pay the bill or did you take out the trash or as the kids come along, it's questions about you know, who's going to take this one to the dentist or whatever. Every relationship has that level of communication, but I'm talking about a much deeper level of communication that probably takes years to develop, and that's where you get to the place in your relationship that you're able to communicate, and that means listening and talking, but to communicate about the deeper issues of life, um, feelings, fears, dreams, goals, those kinds of things, and again, it takes time to get there, but you know you're communicating when you and that significant other can really engage and talk at, at that level. So the first, the first C then is communication. And, and I, you, Chris, you, you've, you've logged some years in marriage yourself, so would you agree or disagree? How, how you doing? You didn't know I was going to turn this around on you, did you? No, I mean, I, I would agree with you. I think that, you know, where it's difficult, and I think every, every husband and wife, or no matter what season of life you're in, has heard this, is that we're just wired differently. You know, men by nature are not the best communicators. Uh, you know, we've heard the statistics that, you know, uh, that women say a lot more words than, than men do a day, and they're going to make sure they get them all in. And that's not to pick on women or men in, in that mm -hmm. context. So I do think that is, it is a challenge that as men of the home, as the spiritual leaders, that we have to learn how to communicate, and we mm -hmm. have to learn how to listen. With, with that communication. Yep, you, you're absolutely right. Well, well, communication is just one-third of this pie. The, the other C is what I would just call compatibility. Uh, and, and here's what I would say about that one, is that in a healthy marriage, God moves us from clashing over our differences towards celebrating our uniquenesses. Uh, wh when I talk about compatibility, I'm not talking about finding someone who's just like you. All too often in, in relationships, we think that compatibility means I got to find somebody that thinks like I think, that likes the things I like, that, that has my nature and my makeup. In reality, it's just the opposite. Mm -hmm. uh, to me, compatibility is finding someone not who's just like you, but someone who's the opposite of you and figuring out how to make it work. And rather than trying to change that other person, is understanding that God made them the way he made them for a reason. Uh, and so compatibility is a key piece of, a, of what I think of a healthy relationship, and in this context, a, a healthy marriage. Rule, here's a couple of rules to guide us. Rule number one is you married an imperfect person. Anybody listening to this podcast, you can say a hearty amen to that. Rule number one is you married an imperfect person, but here's rule number two. You're not so hot yourself, okay? <laughs> You're not perfect either, so keep that in mind. But we come into this thing from different backgrounds, different walks of life, and, and we're just different. Uh, I'm reminded of the humorous example of the young 
lady who was about to walk down the aisle and the marriage planner or coordinator was standing with her there in the lobby area and she was just so afraid. She was nervous and the marriage coordinator said, look, if you'll just remember three words, you'll get through this. You're going to uh, walk down the aisle. Um, you're going to uh, stop at the altar and then we're going to sing a hymn. She's like, okay, walk down the aisle, stop at the altar, we're going to sing a hymn. So all the way walking down the aisle, Chris, she's rehearsing those three words in her mind that the planner had just told her. And so all the way down the aisle, she's mumbling under her breath, aisle, altar, hymn. Got it. Aisle, altar, hymn, aisle. <laughs> and the point is, a lot of us walk down that aisle thinking we're going to alter him or we're going to alter her. Mm -hmm. The reality is you ain't going to change them at all. Uh, we are who we are. But that, that can be a good thing. You know, all the way back to the Garden of Eden, when, when God saw that Adam was alone and said, this isn't good, he said, I'll make him a helpmate or a helper, one that is suitable. Literally, original language, literally, one who will make up his differences. One who will be strong where he is weak and maybe weak where he is strong. I'll bring someone into his life who will complete him, who will shore up those areas. And if we think about those of us that are married, think about our relationships, in many, many ways we'd probably all agree that there are areas where we are weak, but that other person happens to be strong. Or we are strong and they happen to be weak. And what I'm saying is that's a good thing to discover that and, and celebrate that and, and, and so the second one then is compatibility. And then, then the, third, the third C is conflict resolution. And he, here's a statement I would make on that one. Is in a healthy marriage, God moves us from being conflict avoiders to being conflict resolvers. Uh, the fact of the matter is, in any relationship, singles, marrieds, blendeds, whatever the case, in any relationship, there is going to be conflict. Uh, I heard the analogy of the porcupines that... On a cold night, porcupines will come together and, and try to draw from one another's body heat. But what happens is when they come together, their needles start sticking in one another. And so they begin to come apart from each other. They begin to separate because the needles are sticking. But then they get cold again, and they come back together. And it's called the dance of the porcupine. And they spend the whole night coming together and falling apart, coming together and falling apart because they needle each other. That's the way marriage is. It's cold out there. It's a rough world, and we need each other, and so we come together, and we warm each other, and we complement each other, but then we start needling each other, and so we back away. And that's the way conflict in a relationship is, and, and so we, we need each other, but we needle each other, okay? But um, the key is find ways. Here's what I told a young couple just a few days ago. When you find cracks in the foundation of your marriage, they're not going to get better. They're going to get bigger. Cracks in a foundation don't go away. They become gaping holes. And in a marriage, when you see cracks in the foundation, that's the time to get some help. And here it is right around Valentine's, as you said, the love month or all that. Um, it, it's a good time to stop and take a look at all relationships, but especially this relationship with your spouse, your significant other. And it's a good time to ask, are there any cracks in the foundation? And if there are, uh, there's some great books and workbooks and tools out there that can help. There's counselors, there's retreats and seminars and such. Wherever you go, just go somewhere and get some help. Fix the cracks in the foundation before the whole thing crumbles. And the final thing I would say is, uh, back to that whole 
disaster, a recipe for disaster that Gwen and I had in the early days. The final thing I would say is simply this. I can give you one word for what kept us together and what has kept us together, and that is God. Uh, we both, with everything we didn't have coming into the relationship, we both had God, and we brought God into the middle of the relationship, and he has made all the difference in the world. And so back to the subject of relationships, yes, our relationship with our partner is definitely tied to our relationship with God. There's a reason scripture says a threefold cord is not easily broken. And that threefold cord is me, my spouse, and the God that we both love and serve. That's my recipe for a healthy relationship. Wow, good wisdom there. Communication, compatibility, and conflict resolution. Now, before we close our time today, Randy, one of the questions that you kind of had was posed to you years ago, um, and it's a tough question, but <laughs> it was how would I like to be married to me <laughs> right. and that's a great introspective you know question to ask ourselves and for our, our, our leader right. you know for our, our listeners today for those that are going to do this is to ask the question and you just ruined valentine's for me right there chris thank you very much i wouldn't like to be married to me at all i'd rather be married to gwen than me any day so but you're right that's a probing question how would i like to be married to me uh and and i think the key to that question is simply this is before before you can change y'all, I'll use a little southern southern slur there. Before you can change y'all, you got to change you. Before I can change us, I got to change me. And before I can do anything to help me and Gwen be a better us, I got to take a look at me. So yeah, that's that's a good note to end on right there, isn't it? Yeah. So Randy, thank you so much for sharing the wisdom today. So if you're listening. Look, there, there are some keys to uh, a relationship. No matter if you're single, married, or a blended family, no matter what season of life you're in, learn how to communicate, look at, that, look at compatibility, and begin to work on conflict resolution. Because we all agree, and Randy, I like what you said earlier, enjoy life. Don't yeah. endure it. There you go. That's it, Chris. So thank you so much for listening today. God bless you. We look forward to being with you next time.